Asia Tech Podcast. 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 Hello, welcome to Asia Tech Podcast Stories. We are all about the stories that make the Asian tech ecosystem so dynamic. My name is Graham Bound, and today I'm joined in the studio by Kid Pacharyanon from Bangkok. And I love this. He describes himself, because this is a story in its own right. We're going to go into this as a medical doctor turned serial entrepreneur. There's a lot to explain there. Kid, welcome to the show. Hi, Graham. How are you? I'm fantastic. Hey, listen, kid, joining us from Bangkok today, a medical doctor turned serial entrepreneur. You don't see many of those, do you? You must be quite a, a rare case, a unique case in its own right. Have you met many doctors who've turned into entrepreneurs in your walk of life? Yeah, I think I uh, met a few of them. Yeah, but um, uh, my, my story it, uh, is starting when I was uh, in the med school, second year. Yeah, where I try to uh, trade the stock. Yeah, and then uh, I cannot do that well because um, uh, my T-shirt is in front of me. Mm. Yeah, I cannot sneak out right. uh, very often. Yeah, so that um, I then I develop mobile stock trading. Yeah, yeah, to use it for myself. That's an early age to get started. I, I want to go into your story. I think it's fascinating what you've achieved and you know what you've done in your entrepreneurial career. Let people understand you're Thai. You're born and raised in Thailand. You were educated in the U.S. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the importance of that in terms of entrepreneurialism, especially these days. There's a big change in Thailand. A lot of people starting businesses and the startup scene as well. But your main focus now is Rise. Is that correct? Your corporate innovation accelerator. Maybe you can explain a little bit about what that is, and then we can go back and look at your story, how you got there. Sure. So uh, what I'm doing now is uh, Rise. We call it uh, Corporate Innovation Accelerator. So we help large corporate and also the government to innovate faster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for example, like uh, last year, yeah, we're working with Ministry of Digital Economy yeah, to groom up um, a startup in, in a country. Uh, our accelerator, yeah, having over 500 startups, we recruited from nationwide. Mm. And then yeah, we groom it uh, and using like uh, everyone's tax yeah, to, uh, to groom them yeah, all over the year. Yeah, because it's government spend. Yeah, but we need to make sure that uh, they're growing to be a good, start uh, good startup and they'll be able to grow internationally afterward. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's uh, that's the first thing that we we run, which I call it uh, National Accelerator. Hmm. That, that's based in Thailand. Yeah, is uh, they all yeah they all all from Thailand. Five hundred companies hmm. in our portfolio. Right, but you say it's a corporate innovation accelerator. You say you're working with some government entities as well. Are you looking at those large corporates as being the sponsors of these startups? How does that work? Because the 500 startups are small companies, right? What's the relationship there? Yeah, so this, um, um, uh, the, the one that we're working with the government, yeah, the National Accelerator, we got sponsorship from the, from the government. Also, like last two years, we setting up uh, the first fintech accelerator here in Thailand. Hmm. This one we collaborate with the bank, so that uh, the, the, their name is Krungsi Bank. They're top uh, top five bank in the country. Yeah, I uh, I went to see the CEO uh, of the bank and then say, hey, uh, 
now uh, every bank uh, you need to disrupt yourself mm. otherwise startup will disrupt you so the thing is that why don't we trying to corroborate between the bank and also the the fintech startup yeah then once you corroborate you can you can also move faster and also startup uh, be able to survive because thing is that uh, because i i've been doing a, a startup for almost 20 years and what I learned is that start, most of the startup they die mm. uh, during the early days because they lack of customer. Mm. And why they lack of customer? Uh, and how do they uh, can find the customer? Oh, they can find with corporate. The corporate uh, uh, they have customer, but they, they but they innovate slower. Mm. So uh, this is the things that I try to matching them up. Yeah. Mm. So that's but- become the accelerator. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's a big challenge because I, I've worked in, I worked in telecoms for 15 years and telecoms companies are large corporates. They, a lot of telecoms companies come from post offices or, you know, like national industries and they're very slow and very big and they don't do innovation very well. So how do you get on with these large corporates? Because I'm an entrepreneur I always get frustrated dealing with large corporates because they move very slow. They don't understand the mindset of an entrepreneur. They don't like taking risk like an entrepreneur takes risks. Are you finding you have to change the way you think when you deal with large corporates or does it come naturally for you? Yeah, I think because I uh, before I'm running the corporate innovation accelerator, right? Yeah, mm. uh, I've been working with the corporates as the, um, uh, agency before, like advertising agency right, right. for ten years. Yeah, when uh, uh, in that position, it made me understand how corporate thinks, and make me understand like um, how they um, want to uh, do the any strategy they like to go. Yeah. So basically, right now, apart from running uh, the, the Rise Corporate Innovation Accelerator, I'm also the group CEO uh, of uh, MacFiwa, which is the advertising company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, then we have uh, that, that's uh, helped us to get an access to uh, all the corporate in the country. Right. Okay. Understand. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back a little bit, kid, if we can. Let's go back to the beginning of the story. And how you got into this position. So you were a, a, an overseas graduate. You studied abroad. You studied medicine you know, to be a doctor in the US, right? Did you come from a medical family? Were your parents doctors? Did you have doctors in the family? You know, I'm just curious to know your background and how you got into medicine. Oh, yeah. So um, um, actually, I, my, my parents are veterinarians. Hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I think, oh, I, I, I saw my fa- my parents, they're working very hard mm-hmm. and they're very uh, very tired to, to be veterinarian. So I think, oh, become a doctor should be easier, should be <laughs> make me uh, uh, like, but uh, in fact, it's, it's, it's not true, right? So doctors, they are working harder yeah. Yeah, than, uh, than a- any kind of doctors. <laughs> exactly. And, and human patients complain more than animal patients, right? So it's a lot harder for you. Yeah, so you, you chose to be a doctor. You moved to the US and you studied there. But during your studies, you also, you had this entrepreneurial itch. Tell us a little bit about that. You've already talked about this sure, training yeah. app. What's so, the story uh, 
So I, I, I trained um, a doctor in Thailand. And then after that, I graduated in medical informatics in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but during the, during the time that I studied in Thailand, when, uh, yeah, because in Thailand, the medical system, we studied like six years. Yeah, on this, on to the second year, yeah, I start uh, to uh, I start to invest in the stock market, mm. and then I think I, I it's uh, very hard for me to uh, to trade stock when I'm studying. Mm. Why? Because um, as I mentioned, a t-shirt is in front of me. It's very hard to sneak them out. Yeah, and then uh, but but during that time, we have the mobile phone that can connect to the internet. If you remember. Yeah. Is Nokia three three one zero? Oh, I know very well. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, unique, uh, very unique, uh, more dear, very pioneer. So that's uh, everyone can play snake game on the mobile, right? <laughs> yeah, and then at that time, I I, I talked to my friend who is engineer. Say, hey, if we can uh, if we can connect to the internet, why don't we uh, uh, use it to trade the stock? Yeah, and at that time, yeah, Nokia they uh, they have the competition. They call uh, mobile uh, mobile uh, programming competition. So we submit our idea, just like the startup these days. Yeah, but at that time there, there's no like startup, right? The word startup it's it's just coming up the, in the, uh, just a few years back. So ten, uh, 15 years back, my 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 friend and I we um, developed the uh, stock trading, mm. and that's the first time for a stock exchange of Thailand to be able to trade via mobile. Mm. Was your friend then, a doctor as well? Did he come from a similar? No, pattern? no, my friends. Yeah, my friends is engineer. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then uh, we uh, we develop it, and then we sold it to Stock Exchange of Thailand. Mm. Uh, yeah, so when I was in the fourth year. Yeah. That was your first entrepreneurial venture, was it, or were you entrepreneurial at a younger age? I'm wondering where it started. I'm always fascinated. Uh, when people really become entrepreneurs, some people start when they're in the teens, some people later in life. What was what was it for you? Well, to me, I think I, I, I it all started from my uh, my my family because uh, my uh, when I was young, yeah, I asked my mom, "Hey, mom, um, why don't you need to go to the bank? Why you keep going to to the bank?" Oh, mom said. Kid, uh, mom, uh, um, uh, she go to the bank because she want to deposit the money. Yeah. Oh, why? Why we need to deposit the money? Oh, uh, because we deposit the money and then we get interest. So I, I was fascinated by the in, uh, like interest rate mm. when I was like I think uh, five years old or six years old. After that, yeah, I asked my mom, how can we um, have more money? <laughs> because yeah, I, I eat a lot. I eat a lot. Yeah, and um, if you see me, I'm, I'm 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 six feet tall. I'm six feet and uh, two inches. Right. So, I I always the tallest guy in the class. Right. That's tall for so a tiger, I, right? Yeah, yeah. And I eat a lot. And uh, I my, my my parent never give enough money for me to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so I I try to yeah. Wow. How can we make more money so that I can eat more? So that's basically the things. Yeah. And I I love reading. Mm. So when I um, when I remember when I was like twelve, yeah, I go to the bank, and then I ask the bank, "Hey, what is the kind?" Um, because they has uh, there are the pamphlets, uh, pamphlet, all right, yeah. about the mutual fund. So I start to invest in the mutual fund when I was yeah very very young, mm-hmm. like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after that, yeah, uh, we all learn right. Yeah. Investment is high risk, high return. So I am going up from. 
like basic deposit or um, uh, mutual fund. And then I think, oh, it's uh, stock investment is, um, is interesting mm-hmm. yeah, to learn as well. Because you know that uh, when you invest when you were very young, your risk is lower because you can recover any time. Right, right. If so you lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were learning a lot about risk and reward and loss as well at a young age. And I imagine that, you know, if you trained as a doctor, doctor's a very safe job, isn't it? It's very secure. It's, it's you know, in society, it's one of the top jobs, top professions. And I can imagine that in that field, risk is a bad word. You know, risk in medicine is not necessarily a good word, but you are have this other world where you're actively seeking risk well controlled risk so how did you balance that because you know doctor training is very safe and secure and risk averse whereas being an entrepreneur and trading stocks is all about risk yeah well that's a very good question i think i think that that is uh, the the reason why i jump onto the entrepreneurial like spirit mm. yeah because I think, yeah, being the doctor, we'd be able to help the people, but we cannot help the people, um, uh, like million people all at once. Yeah, because it's, because it's safe, it's less risk, you need to do one by one, right? Yeah. So that's, um, that's, that's why I, I, I really love entrepreneurial uh, things because it make me like be able to make an impact mm. to more people at the same time. Then, uh, and then uh, for, for me, yeah, when we helping like startup, it uh, we cannot guarantee that hundred percent there will be success, definitely. Yeah. But um, but you see that you can make the impact like eighty percent or ninety percent. It's 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 a lot better. And and for me that is balance risk already. So we we might lose some, but again it's it's much more. Right. Yeah. But you understand those rules, right? You understand the game. So when you sold your stock trading app to. Uh, the Thai Stock Exchange. Did, what happened then? Did you complete your medical training? What did you do next? Yeah, yeah. In Thailand, yeah. Uh, that 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 time when I was uh, fourth year, I'm thinking quite a lot. What I should do next? Mm. Yeah, because I uh, one thing that I that I learned from that experience is that I be, I strongly believe whenever we be able to connect digital and technology into any industry. Yeah, like financial or medical or marketing, whatever. Yeah, it, it the, the 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 impact is profound. It's not only for me, but can be for everyone, for the country, for yeah, for the society. So that's so that's uh, that's uh, make me believe that I should uh, pursue these kind of things. Yeah, and but thing is, you know, in Thailand, it's just not like in the U.S. or in other part of the world. That uh, once you dropped out, you can be successful. Yeah. Because in uh, in Asia here, it's uh, if you're not graduate, it's like stigma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that exactly. hey, this guy dropped out. Yeah, you know, you know that well because you live in in Asia. So, yeah. So I managed to um, to uh, graduate as a doctor. Like I still got my license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got my license. And um, so you're uh, an MD. You're an MD, but you're not practicing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. And um, so after what, that, so I, did you? Yeah. 
I mean, did you have that conversation? Were there people in your family who were saying, hey, look, kid, you've got to become a doctor, you've trained, but in your heart, you wanted to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, that, uh, that question, uh, I, I keep thinking about it uh, since uh, fourth year until, um, until three, four years later, because um, it's not easy. Uh, your yeah. parents were convincing you, oh, it's not safe. Uh, you're going to do something and then it's not, um, yeah, it's not safe. No. So why don't you go and become the doctor? When you become the doctor, you can be anything else as well. Exactly. But um, to me, yeah, to me, it's quite hard uh, when you don't focus. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot do that well, anything. Yeah, but for, your, for, for that generation, for our parents' generation, that was the right decision for them, right? They, they, they grew right. up in a different era, different attitude to risk, a different background. But for you, you see this digital thing happening. You understand that maybe the risk is bigger if you don't start your own business, if you don't follow your intention, if you like. So, you know, I think this is always a challenge, isn't it? Especially for Asian kids graduating now. They're thinking, what do I do? And there's a lot of pressure on them to become an accountant or become a doctor or some professional. So it's always interesting to hear these stories and how people made these decisions. So tell us again, what happened next? What did you do after college? Did you go and start another business or what? Yeah, so I um, during during that time, I'm thinking a lot. And then I say uh, uh, another area that I'm quite interested is the, the marketing, the marketing side. So uh, during I study in the med school, I also enroll in another university about the marketing. Wow. So that's a double degree. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, so I, because I, I think uh, marketing will, I, I love learning. I love learning new stuff every day. So I think marketing would, uh, would, be, uh, would be something very interesting. And at that time, you know, in, in Thailand, digital marketing, it just started. Yeah, like 10 years ago, it just started. So people just uh, start using Facebook. People just start, at that time, it's before Facebook is high five. Yeah, so right, yeah. it's, yeah, 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 it's, it's very early. And then, really, uh, I'm lucky because one of my friends, yeah, called me up and then say, hey, kid. Yeah, um, one of their like um, the big uh, global uh, uh, advertising agency, they would like to set up yeah here in Thailand, mm-hmm. and they they want to find the one that can uh, run the, the company as a CEO. Mm-hmm. So I, oh really? Oh that's that's uh, interesting because my my background after I do stock trading, I learn a lot about programming as well. So I understand how to do the website, to do the mobile application. Uh, if you if you see the landscape uh, ten years back, uh, global agency, global advertising agency, especially in Thailand, yeah, they only know how to do the print ad, TV commercial, yep. those offline uh, traditional media. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's so that's uh, there are a lot of need. Uh, there's uh, many needs from the brand that they like to jump onto the this marketing space. Right. Is, is so, this Dentsu Japanese yeah. ad agency that you're talking about that came to Thailand? Yeah, so uh, many, so um, uh, Ogiwi, WPP, right. all the brand. Mm. Yeah, they're already in Thailand for no, many years. No, but the company that came to you and said, let's set up, we need a CEO, was that Dentsu or was it somebody else? Oh, no, that's uh, that's uh, the Havas group. Oh, Havas, okay. So Havas Media. Yeah, okay. yeah so, right, right. 
So then, yeah, after that, um, yeah, we, um, I'm, I'm, I'm acting as a CEO, yeah, and learning like how industry advertising work. Right. Yeah. But you had never yeah, been a CEO before. You'd never, you've never worked. I know you did the course, but you've never worked in advertising. You don't know ad agencies. You don't have any relationships yeah. with, I mean, that, that's, yeah. how did you get that position? You must have sold yourself very well. No, I mean, I, I think I, I got very lucky because, uh, yeah, I, um, I can, at that time, uh, being a CEO for ad agency is not, is not that hard, especially digital agency. Right. Because the things that the brand will ask you is how to do the website, yeah, yeah. how to do the good website, how to do the good web application. Yeah, so that's so that what, I'm, what, what I uh, be able to answer them because I did stock exchange before. So I'd be able to run the, the, the web, the app very well. So that's why uh, that's very easy to uh, but things that I need to learn it's about marketing and how advertising and um, like the advertising industry work what are the roles of agency why agency do uh, have the benefit uh, or, or what are the services that they provide yeah how how's the, the ecosystem works so that I I, I learn I learn a lot mm-hmm. from being the CEO yeah and then learn a lot from other countries as well because uh, you need to meet other CEO in other country. Mm. Yeah, I went to China, I went to Singapore, I went to like Japan, many country. Then I learned, oh, this is the ecosystem of advertising. Yeah. So when you started that that digital agency within Havas, how many people were in your team? So we, uh, yeah, we have only like five people at the beginning. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And you and four others. Uh, how many did you end with? So, so I think it's um, we we ending is uh, around ten people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after ten, uh, it's it's been around two years after I run the the, the company, and then the, the headquarters say, hey, um, um, because during the first uh, first two years, we we do the kind of um, joint venture, mm-hmm. yeah, together with um, with uh, with the Hawas. Yeah, and then after uh, after two years, yeah, they said, "Oh, the business is growing very good, so they need to uh, setting up the um, the, um, the, uh, the the company here, like that, uh, like the the real company here." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Hey, if you setting up the company, is competing, right? It's competing with what we with what we do together together for the past few years. So then I decide I, I need to make a move." So then after that, I, I set up my, my own yeah, um, ad agency mm-hmm. yeah, after work. Mm. So was it an, is it an ad agency or was it a digital agency? Because it's kind of important what you position yourself as because they're all quite different. What was your idea? Yeah, so at that time, uh, after, after I um, um, uh, uh, start my own company, yeah, so it's digital agency. Okay, but you weren't yes, just doing yeah. websites then, right? I'm sure you progressed from that stage. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were we were lucky because at that time, uh, our uh, one uh, after um, we st- uh, I started my own company, one of the first uh, client is Toyota. Right. So we yeah we helping them launching Toyota Prius yeah in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's uh, we had the big move, and then uh, after that, uh, five year uh, like. Five years later, yeah, the um, uh, Japanese um, conglomerate entity Docomo group of company invest into our company. Mm. 
So what was the purpose of them investing? Was it to make you part of the Docomo group or what was the plan? So I think um, because the, the, the entity that investing in us is they're doing the mobile marketing. Mm. They are one of the top mobile marketing agency in Japan because they're taking care of the the media, yeah, of uh, uh, Docomo Docomo Media, mm. yeah, everything in mobile, right. yeah. So that's um, we think it's good to learn from uh, to learn from them as well, because in in Japan you have 4G, 5Gs long before in in Thailand, yeah, yeah. because in Thailand we just have 4G last two years. Exactly, and, and put uh, it into context yeah. that. Japan was well ahead. I mean, it's different now, but back then, Japan was well ahead of the rest of the world, not just in terms of technology, but also knowledge about how people used, especially how young people used mobile and mobile internet, mobile marketing. They had a lot of knowledge in Japan, which would have put them three, four, maybe five years ahead of some markets. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what happened next? You grew that business for five years, Docomo invested, and what did that mean to you? Was it now time to move, or you stayed with the business and continued to grow it? Yeah, so I, I still uh, beca- uh, act uh, like being the group CEO. So our company growing quite a lot from, uh, from I mentioned to you, like 10 people, right? Mm. Right now we have around, in our group, we have around 150 people. Mm-hmm. So and, and and that's a span across like four business, and one of the business that I'm really really um, uh, looking forward to is uh, corporate innovation. Right. Why? Yeah, because uh, after I, I work with the CEO, yeah, um, a lot of company we working with uh, for advertising. Yeah, every year I will meet top CEO in the country and also Fortune 500 company. Yeah, you know what? Like the question they they ask me, is um is is all the same. Hmm. So what the question it? being asked, yeah, is uh, the uh, there's two questions. So first question is, hey kid, you are um uh, like innovator. You're doing a very good job for like uh, digital marketing and advertising as a whole. What what do you think that is the innovation or trend that uh, the brand should adopt this year? Mm-hmm. So this is the the very basic question. And I think it's, it's quite easy to answer, right? Yeah, because I, I've been asked a question like this uh, for many times. But the second question is uh, even harder. Okay, kid, yeah, we've been working with you for many years, yeah, for advertising, yeah. Um, can you reduce the fee? Mm. Yeah, so that's, so that's, um, so that's, is, um, um, that's make me uh, think quite a lot because it's very common, right? Because when you do the service, yeah, uh, the the, uh, the longer time you do the service, yeah, um, um, if your goal is different, mm-hmm. your goal, um, uh, uh, your goal is different from your from your client, because your client wants to, want to maximize their profit. Also, we we provide a service. We want to maximize our profit too. Yeah. that's a conflicting goal. Yeah. Mm. So I think, yeah, why don't we trying to uh, trying to uh, have the same goal, yeah. Then uh, this is uh, this is why I think innovation would help. Mm. If we have innovation, yeah, we be able to help our client, yeah, to to move faster, to have more uh, more revenue, to reduce cost, 
or to increase the profit. Once we have the innovation, yeah, we be able to achieve uh, the, the mutual goal for our clients too. So let's so that's let, let, let's yeah. unpack Rise a little bit and look at actually how it works. You call it an accelerator. Does it look, it behave, and act in a similar way to normal startups accelerators? I.e., you know, there's a three month program. You have batches. You have demo days. How, how does it work at Rise? Yeah. So so Rise. Yeah, we are um, we call ourselves a corporate innovation accelerator. But uh, act, uh, but in fact, um, we have like three services yeah, that uh, we are doing. So as you see, as a serrator, yeah, we, um, we do not take equity. We're helping them uh, running three-month, six-month program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The goal is to uh, be able to help startup to connect to the corporate, to be able to do the prototype. Yeah. And uh, we're not, we're not, uh, the, the startup that we're targeting is not really C-stage. Yeah, it's not really idea stage at all. So we 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 looking at um, post C stage or pre Series A, right. because these are the startup that be able to work with the corporate. Mm. Yeah, and then rather than we um, we uh, typically uh, C stage uh, accelerator, they will train you, they will coach you how to do the business right. Mm. But uh, for us, we we more focus towards building the prototype. And getting you the first uh, check, the first uh, purchase order from the corporate. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so that's so that's yeah, that's the difference. Right. So th- these are startups that have a prototype. They're a little less risk than the people with just ideas, and maybe that's more appropriate for a corporate partner. But the corporates. They're the ones that sponsor this accelerator and they bankroll it and make it happen financially. And you get these these startups into the accelerator. What kind of startups are you looking for for your accelerator? Because I imagine your corporate sponsors want to see certain types of startups. Definitely. So it's uh, depending on uh, depending on the the corporate that we're working with. For example, like the first batch that we the first corporate partner that we're running is a Grungsi Bank. So the bank. So definitely the the area that they focus is fintech, right? Mm. And after that, uh, we uh, we do national accelerator. So our our partner is Digital Economy Ministry. So they're focusing on helping Thailand as a whole. Yeah, to uh, to to adopt more digital economy. So in this, uh, the 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 batch that we run is everything: fintech, IoT, health tech, or tourism tech, whatever that help Thailand as a country to to be better. Right. So that's uh, the second batch. Yeah, and the last one, um, the um, the one that we are doing right now. Yeah, we uh, we partner up with uh, the largest company in Thailand. Yeah, 42 billion uh, USD company. Uh, they uh, is uh, PTT. Mm-hmm. So they are energy company. Mm. So definitely, yeah, they will focus on the, the the energy related startup, and also the startup that be able to help them to do the the digital transformation, mm. blockchain, chatbot, the big data management. So other things that uh, be able to help them grow exponentially. So. Let's understand a little bit about the the startups that go into your accelerator. Do you are you actively involved in selecting those startups? Are you part of that process at all? 
uh, actually we are the one who select the startup. Right. Yeah, and then because we will because the thing is that the things that challenge in here in Thailand, innovation is very new. Yeah, accelerator it just happened in less than five years. So the corporate or the government they don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, they just because it just start. So we are the one that become the the coach, the mentor. Yeah, that guide them the process. Yeah, how to select what they should looking at, and then we are we 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 help streamline the process. Yeah, we helping them to be the part of the process as well. Right. Yeah. So because you you think like day one that um, the corporate people they really don't uh, they really don't know what we are doing. Mm. So we just uh, let them join. Uh, for example, like our selecting committee, like five people. Yeah. So. Two people, you're coming from the corporate, yeah, and two people from Rice, and then maybe one people is from outside, like investor, like VC or industrial expert. So these are the combination that we that we that we also not only select the right startup, but also help training the corporate to understand mm. uh, in the future if they want to do something like this, how they're gonna do it. Right. So they're the mentors and advisors as well. Can you give us some examples of some of the uh, startups that you have, maybe in the current batch or previous batch? I know, I know you've seen hundreds maybe, and it's a bit unfair to ask you. It's like choosing between your children, but maybe one that you've dealt with recently, something that is a little bit different. Can you give us an example of a startup in your batch so we can get an idea of what kind of companies are in there? Sure. So, uh, for example, like the, the, the one that is uh, quite promising uh, in the first batch uh, for fintech batch is called Phenomena. Mm. So Phenomena is um, a robo-advisor yeah, uh, for, uh, for mutual fund. So basically, uh, in Thailand, yeah, uh, when people, they go to the bank, right? And then they want to invest in the mutual fund. Yeah. What, they, what, they, what uh, the, the bank will offer to them Normally, the bank will offer the mutual fund that they are managing. For example, like the green bank, when you go to the green bank, the green bank also have the, uh, the, the asset management company that running the, 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 the mutual fund. And they, they, um, uh, they have multiple, multiple funds. But when you go to the green bank, the green bank will say, hey, uh, these are the funds that we are having. What, which one um, do you like? Or they can recommend, yeah. But at at the end, the all the mutual fund that they, that they choose that they give us uh, offer us is all in their in their company yeah. from their company or from from the subsidiary. That is not that is not uh, the best one. So what uh, phenomena they're trying to do is that they 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 open it up. So because the the background of the CEO and the management, they're all coming from the bank, the, um, and they're all coming from the uh, the uh, the CEO is uh, being the chief investment officer for for the mutual fund for like ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Arthur is also the um, analyst. Yeah, that that, that uh, an, uh, analyze only the mutual fund market for ten years. So then uh, when they when they do this, they be able to help us to select the best fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the 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 good thing is that. They don't collect any fee from us, and you might you might wonder and how they make money. Right. So they will call. Yeah, they will collect the fee from the fund. Got it. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. 
So that's so that's the beauty of it. Okay, so that's phenomena. That are they in a current batch or they've already graduated? They already graduate, and uh, after they graduate for six months, they'll be able to rest the Series A round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, yeah, and uh, and uh, um, and and that's uh, that's the things that I think. Uh, we help building ecosystem one by one. So, are, are yeah, those, slowly. Are, are the founders of that company are they Thai? Yeah, they are Thai. Okay. So, are you seeing now around you a, an increase in the amount of entrepreneurs who are Thai? Because usually, what happens at the beginning of a startup ecosystem is most of the entrepreneurs tend to come from outside, don't they? You tend to get expats people who maybe even have lived abroad like yourself but now are you seeing locally grown ties come through yeah i think it's uh, our ecosystem in thailand is developing quite a lot yeah if you if you're looking at like uh, five years ago we only have like two three venture capital mm. yeah in the market yeah but right now it's almost a hundred yeah so you see it's, it's like 10 times uh, uh, four tenfold growth yeah, in only five years, and also the startup that got funding. Yeah, uh, I, I remember five years ago, the largest round yeah for the startup is only two million baht. Yeah, yeah, that is the largest round. So, uh, so, uh, uh, mil yeah, uh, uh, sorry, two million USD. Yeah, that's the largest round. Yeah, but but right now, the last year I think the largest round would be around twenty million. Mm. So it's also like uh, ten times. Yeah. Growth in terms of capital that flowing into the country. That's matured a lot. And when you look at the startup founders come to your accelerator and not necessarily the ones who are successful in getting in, but all the applications that you, that you get, do you see any people like yourself when you were 19 back then, when you were starting a mobile stock trading app, do you see startup founders like yourself who have that same kind of hunger or, or are we dealing with a different type of Thai entrepreneur today? Well, I think that I see quite a lot because uh, now the scene is very active and then uh, the, there's so many Thais that, uh, that leave abroad or graduate from abroad mm. and now they're coming back to Thailand and then uh, they might be the, the son of um, the um, publicly traded company or, and they want to build something their own. Or they're, or they just graduate and then they think they 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 like to do the startup. So I think that the market is is growing quite a lot. Mm -hmm. There's still a way to go, isn't there? Because I mean, Thailand is, as you say, five years in the making of that startup ecosystem. The signs are really positive. What needs to happen now? What would you like to see more of in Thailand to really grow this ecosystem? Yeah, I like. Um, I think one thing that Thailand is lack of right now, yeah, is um, is um, success story. Yeah. The success story of the startup that be able to grow abroad. Yeah, so I think there are so many Thai startups that uh, that already achieved like uh, eighty percent market share or like uh, they uh, dominate the market in one sector, but we never see Thai startup that capturing the Southeast Asian market mm. or Asia markets as a whole. So that is something I'm really looking for in the next two, three years yeah, that I hope that we have, we will have one. Why is that? Why do you think Thai start, startups are 
how, don't have a track record abroad. Is it a time thing? Is it a mindset thing? Is it logistics? What's going on? Yeah, I think Thailand is uh, it's, it's like Japan or Korea in a sense is that um, 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 we have the domestic market that is not small. Yeah. Right. So even you capture the whole market in Thailand, you'll be able to survive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but you know that when you grow out abroad, it's different story. You need to do many things, do it differently from what you do in Thailand. Mm. So that's just, I think that's the first thing. Yeah. And, um, and this, yeah. So those young entrepreneurs that come to you, or not necessarily young entrepreneurs, but those startup founders who apply to accelerators, do, do they have the mindset to go abroad? Do they have the, do they need extra skills which they don't have yet? I'm just wondering, you say you want more stories, but what's missing that we need in Thailand to make this happen? Yeah, I think I I think um, the, the the key is the, the the second reason that I'm about to mention is that because um, um, in Thailand we use Thai, so when I see a lot of entrepreneur when they're going abroad, yeah, that um, that their pitch or their um, the English, it um, it is not uh, up to the level right. just yet. This is this is for the most people. Let's say for the like uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say we're not good at English, yeah, but uh, I would say. If you uh, if you're if you never go abroad, yeah, the the, the mentality, yeah, and also the the language is is also the barrier, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's a challenge, isn't it? And the only way to get better at English is to go abroad, really, isn't it? Like yourself, is that you can study at university. I'm sure every Thai studies English at university. But it's very different, isn't it, when you actually go and live abroad and you have to order food or you have to survive. If you don't learn English, you'll die effectively. So, you know, that's the best way to learn, isn't it? Right, right. And I see I see these days, right, like many of the, 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 um, the uh, try entrepreneur, yeah, they graduate abroad and then they come back. Yeah. That's why I think it's quite promising. It's a very, very good timing yeah, yeah. for, for Thai startup to, to uh, uh, go abroad and then grow outside of Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. So that's phenomena that you shared an example of. Is there any sort of uh, any, any sort of trends in the type of startups that you're seeing? So, for example, you know, are we seeing more women founders? Are we seeing more people come out of banks? Are we, what sort of trends are you seeing in terms of startup founders in Thailand? Are they older? Are they younger? What's happening now? I think um, it's it's kind of to me it's kind of mixed. Yeah, so we have young startup. We have also have those who already have like ten years experience and then they quit their job. They want to uh, pursue entrepreneurial track. I think that's um, that's that's uh, that's quite mixed. But thing is, um, I think what what I what I um, like to to see yeah more these days is the startup that be able to utilize a country advantage. Hmm. Yeah, to to be the core competency. So I I always yeah say it to the the team and also the, like many uh, politician or government official that hey don't stop uh, stop trying to be Silicon Valley. Yeah, hmm. stop to 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 build Silicon Valley in Thailand. You never achieve that. Yeah, you never have the ecosystem that is just like in Silicon Valley. But what you should have is Thai Valley. 
yeah, you should be on something you're strong at, and then Silicon Valley cannot 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 uh, follow you up. Yeah, for mm-hmm. for example, like you should be on tourism yeah. tech, tourism technology, because tourism is a core for Thailand. Everyone think of Thailand, think of the beach, Phuket, or PP Island, or yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I think, and but but you, uh, but when when we see the um, foreigner coming to Thailand, they have a very hard time. Their experience is, is not uh, up to the level yet because when they catch a taxi, they might freak out because taxi overcharge them. Or mm. yeah, the the, the, the um, I think the um, the key is to have the tech technology, yeah, to help foreigner or traveler to to be happy when they come to Thailand. So that's a big that's a big industry. Yeah, yeah and that and that is something other country cannot cannot catch up. So that's so that's one thing that I I like to to push our government to push everyone that I'm talking to that hey we should do tourism tech we should do medical tech yeah we we should do agri tech yeah, yeah very well yeah, yeah but, it's a really good point it you're basically saying to all the Asian startup ecosystems that you shouldn't just copy America and Silicon Valley because you'll never be the same what you should do is take what works. Take some of that information and build some of that in your own country, but build around what you're good at. And even if we look at, for example, travel as a good example, the online travel market in Southeast Asia is worth $50 billion a year. That's according to the latest Google Temasek data. And that's going to double over the next seven years. So, you know, it's a $100 billion market. And we've only just started to see medical tourism as well as a boom market outside of Southeast Asia. I mean, the amount of uh, focus now on medical tourism into Thailand, for example, is it's a huge growing market. So, you know, these are definite areas that people need to focus on and build an ecosystem around that. How, How do you build, I mean, take travel as an example, kid, how do you build an ecosystem around travel? If you were to build a startup, valley a thai valley with travel as a core focus what would it look like yeah so i think we we should um, um, um let the ecosystem work together so that's a, so that's a key find a way to edit everyone that is win 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 so right now i think one thing that um when i compare uh what our government is doing comparing to like country like neighborhood like singapore hmm. or malaysia i think I think there's a, a bit different, yeah. Because um, thing is, for example, Malaysia. They are. Um, um, I just back from Malaysia last week, and then I met a government official that's supporting startup. So what I see is that government they really uh, um, uh, not only building the policy around it, but but they come and they really support, yeah, setting up the the fund and helping the ecosystem, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, to 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 move forward. Yeah, but in Thailand, yeah, when we I'm looking back, we uh, when we're talking about digital, yeah, there there are like three four um, ministry that doing the same thing. So I, I mean it's it's kind of like silo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what um, because they they're trying to achieve the same thing for the country, but they didn't talking to each other that much. <laughs> so that's so that's is something um, like a ministry they they're doing. They're doing same thing, yeah, but um, a bit and pieces. Yeah. So that yeah. is 
yeah, that is something that I, I like to 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 share. And if we can fix this, I think Thailand would be a, a very good um, yeah, ground for for any startup that uh, would like to grow. Yeah, because we have yeah we have we we be able to access in uh, CLMV region very easy, right? Yeah, excellent. It's a very exciting space as well. What's coming up for you, kid? Share with us maybe some information if you can about what's next for you or what's next for the corporate innovation accelerator rise any exciting developments yeah so right now yeah what uh, what we're doing is we running the program yeah called dnex yeah uh, together with ptt yeah so that's uh, so this is the first um, regional accelerator program yeah that uh, being out of thailand so what what is mean for the startup is that uh, we, we recruit startup yeah from worldwide yeah and uh, 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 for, uh, forecasting the first year Southeast Asia yeah to come to Thailand and then any of the startup that would like to scale the business in Thailand and Southeast Asia yeah they they can work with us with this program so that is uh, so this is the first time ever mm-hmm. uh, for for Thai accelerator that be able to help international startup to go grow in our country fantastic watch this space hey that's kid pacharyan on everybody and kid before you go please give us a link where people can find out more about especially rise and what you just talked about where they can go and check it out on the internet where would, where should they go sure they can visit our website as rise excel so r-i-s-e-a-c-e-l.com yeah so that's is our uh, url yeah, you can check that out. Yeah, and then um, yeah, happy to chat um, via uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Excellent, kid. It's been fantastic talking to you. And I know you said, for example, that there aren't many stories in Thailand of success overseas. Well, maybe your story yourself is worth sharing. And hopefully we've shared that story today with people listening in. If somebody's listening in Thailand or anywhere else in Asia and is inspired by the uh, the career the journey of kid pacharyan on then please you know get in touch you can tweet us at asia tech pod or you can tweet kid himself at let me get this right super chai md correct yeah excellent i'm sure he'll be happy to chat with you anything about his story as well as information about rise the corporate innovation accelerator kid please come back on in the future as well share your journey with us as well as the latest batch and any news you have from rise thank you very much for coming on the show today thanks a lot graham yeah happy to share you've been listening to asia tech podcast 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 podcast